Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 353. Drive into the corner till you see God then live. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. 2015 marks Covercraft's 50th anniversary. They've manufactured premium quality exterior and interior covers here in the United States with a reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit with over 80,000 patterns and growing. You can choose from dozens of fabric options and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicle. Made in the USA, Covercraft is the right choice. I've protected my special rides with their covers for over 40 years, and you should too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Bob Kalizi. Bob, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am buckled up on my five-point harness. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. I love it when my guests come really prepared. Bob Kolaisi is an automotive artist whose career path was based on Yogi Berra's quote, when you get to the fork in the road, take it. In 1967, after going down several paths, he started a PR firm with two other Chrysler guys, and they were focused mostly on annual reports. That fork in the road lasted 45 years. And today, in his retirement, Bob is back to doing what he loves, creating automotive art. His drawings and paintings of automobiles are wonderful and include cars from every mark and time. Bob, I told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit about your career, your life, and of course your passion for automobiles before we get into the questions? Well, as your introduction uh, indicated, Things just kind of happen for me. I have never never been a planner. I kind of parallel Charlie Maher, who was an automotive artist you had on some time back. And oh, yes. Yeah, he and I bombed out of the same freshman chemistry class at Notre Dame. <laughs> However, I did it 10 years before he did. And like him, the professor recommended we pursue another avenue of study. So I, I picked art. And my first real art job was at a was an apprentice in my junior year in college at a at one of the big three art studios and car art studios in Detroit. And it was Pruker Studio. One of the other big studios was Art Center. And I think that's where Art Fitzpatrick worked worked as a real automotive artist. I was washing water bowls and and cutting mats. <laughs> But my first real job after graduation was at Camel Ewald Advertising in Detroit. And at that time, when I went to get that job, my portfolio, I didn't realize it really wasn't up to snuff. Notre Dame was, was really a fine arts program when I went there. And it, it became more, 
more well-rounded when Charlie went there. Mm-hmm. And my portfolio just didn't have the horsepower. And the guy who interviewed me asked if I had ever thought of being a plumber. <laughs> uh, ouch. <laughs> yeah, ouch. I got the job, but it didn't last long because of the selective service. This was back in uh, 58. Mm-hmm. And so I entered Fort Two. Uh, again, with my great planning, I joined the Navy and went to Navy OCS. In fact, I couldn't swim. I'd never seen the ocean or had been on a ship. Didn't seem to bother me. But I wound up spending three years on a minesweeper called the USS Persistent, which you'll note in my career later on, it was aptly named for one of my major characteristics. I may not be a planner, but I'm certainly persistent. There you go. And then, as you said, I uh, got out and the agency wanted to hire me as a writer. I didn't want to be a writer. So, you know, I grew up as, uh, you know, in an Italian Catholic family, which means get a job. So I went to work for Chrysler Corporation on the corporate PR staff and did that for a while. And then, as you said, I formed the firm and I just didn't like the PR business. It wasn't really, it was hard to measure. I didn't like it. So I I said, where's the money in the corporations? Well, the CFO and the CEO always have it in the budget. It isn't like somebody says, oh, gee, I'd like to do it, but it's not in my budget. So I I learned to speak finance, albeit with a PR accent, and and started doing corporate annual reports. And and it, it was just luck. It just blossomed and we did them all over the country and the three companies in Mexico. And uh, it lasted about 45 years uh, until I was a little over 60, that's about 66. And the annual report kind of fell out of favor about the the same time as Sarbanes-Oxley, which is a um, piece of legislation that put an end to essentially what I did. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, I decided I'd had enough of that anyway, and I was reminded of a story by a young guy who I thought was old at the time, but was really young. I was 30 when I started my business, and he said to me, yeah, you're a pretty smart young kid. He said, "Um, let me tell you when it's going to be time for you to retire. And I said, geez, I just started, but tell me. He said, well, when your best client says something really really stupid to you and you don't say terrific you say baloney you'll know it's time to retire (laughs) well you know wonderful stories here especially for those young listeners on cars yeah those entrepreneurs who are starting their own businesses i think we could all learn a lot from you bob but as we continue on your journey i always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars yeah so bob take the wheel well, it took me a little while to figure it out, but, but success, in my mind, comes from the ability to make correct decisions, to make the right decisions with the least amount of information in the least amount of time. Mm. And this gets you ahead of your competition, but being right about what the client wants early on in the process gives you more time to execute because you, you only get a certain amount of time for a project. And if you spend all of your time trying to figure out what the hell to do, by the time you get to doing it, 
uh, you don't have much time to execute. So it improves your profitability. Absolutely. And then I, I learned early on, uh, again, I got this one from the old salesman, and it was 50 gonna buys equals one half a buy. And, <laughs> and that hasn't changed in the art business. People come by when you're doing a show at a Concord Elegance, and they oh, I'm gonna get a, boy, I'm gonna get one of your pieces. You know, he goes, well, fifty of those gets you one one order. <laughs> you know, I had a friend who sold Porsches years ago, and he always had a saying about people that would come by his dealership and say, I'm gonna come back and buy that car. He said, people are about as good as their word. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's a lot of similarity there. It's definitely a difficult path and and tough, but I'm I'm so glad you're back into doing your passion because that's what Cars yeah is all about. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? Is there a pivotal moment as you can remember way back when when you really knew you were a car guy? Well, I always liked mechanical things. I always liked cars. My dad was a mechanical engineer who couldn't put anything together. I have never understood that, but <laughs> I just had to kind of do it on my own. And I, I uh, bought a Whizzer motorbike back in, when I was 14 and used to ride it around my paper route delivering papers. And there were three sprint cars <laughs> on that paper route. And I was fascinated with them and, the guys let me hang around, exposed me to toxic fluids, dangerous tools, and, uh, <laughs> and a grown-up vocabulary, something that kids don't get to do anymore. <laughs> and then I went to work in a Sinclair station at 12 Mile and Woodward, and that is the 12 Mile and Woodward of uh, the famous oh, Woodward Cruise. Yeah. Little, little did I know I lived in the heart of it all. And uh, <clears throat> my dad bought a 53 Olds Rocket 88. And uh, this, I don't know, this was 50, well, it was 53. And we made a deal that I would wash his car every time he let me use it. So this car got washed every day. And <laughs> every night I'd disconnect the speedometer cable and go out to Dan's drive-in at 13 Mile Road and Woodward and drag race till 9 o'clock. And Uh-oh. then head out to 9 Mile Northwestern and race for 3 miles and then bring the car home. I now have a 32 Ford Roadster, and the, uh, my hot rod club's plate from that era is, is on my deuce. Wow. And incidentally, the deuce has a 4-cam Alfa Romeo Montreal engine in it, which is kind of ties into the fact that I raced uh, Alphas for a lot of years. But cars dropped out of my life, you know, in college and the Navy, and then I came back and and got married, started the business, and then I got into motocross, and uh, I got run over, beat up, broke things. I began, I realized that I had started a little late in life. I was 30 when I started, and uh, a guy who helped me wrench gave me my nickname, which stuck all through motocross. He called me the king of the high-speed dismount. So <laughs> no. it was. That's quite a title. Yeah, and I did my career in motocross. One time I was sitting on a starting line next to a kid, and I looked over at him and I said, how old are you? I said, I'm old enough to be your dad. And he said, without so much as looking at me, he said, tough stuff, stay out of my way. I knew it was time to quit. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, I got into sports cars. I saw my first vintage race in mid-Ohio, and 
in 83. And the next year I showed up in Ohio with a MGTD, 50 MGT I found in a truck junkyard. And uh, the car was a little bit twisted, you know, so it meant it had, it had built-in stagger and it always turned right better than left. So I left that alone because most of the turns were to the right. Very cool. <laughs> and in those days, the entry fee was 60 bucks, and uh, the garage was another 60 This year, I ran at Mid-Ohio, and it was $600. Uh, um, times have changed. Yes. Over time, things got better, and, uh, and in the last 30 years, I've raised three Alphas, three Elvas, a Lotus Super 7, and next year, I'll have reached my goal race until I'm 80. Wow. Well, you have had a wonderful life around cars. That's why I wanted to have you on this show. Bob, let's get under the hood and take a look at a challenge. I'd love for you to share a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced along the way. In your career, this is an important part of our show because it helps those people that are facing similar things get through them. But more importantly, how did you overcome that particular situation and what did you learn from it? Because I spent, you know, most of my life in an entrepreneurial system, every day in an entrepreneur's life is a challenge. It's it's a relentless challenge it's because it's all new business prospecting. And it's like slicing an infinitely long salami. It never ends. You can't stop. If you, if you stop feeding the machine, it, it's, the business stops. And you have to you have to think like a running back. When one hole closes, you have to find another. But just the running by itself is in, in the end. You have to score to stay in the game. And like my minesweeper's name, I was and still am persistent. And basically, I've always believed that uh, I would not fail in the long run. As learning that a that client service, and this was in my agent in my agency days but it's it's every bit as important in what i'm doing now with commissioned art it's like living a two-minute drill over and over and over there's no room for error you got to be right every time you can't miss an assignment you can't fumble you can't have yardage losses and in the art business perfect is good second best is nothing and if not you won't have a second time Yes. Well, you know, great analogies there for those listening that want to have their own business. It is a tough slug. And I like your uh, metaphors to football since the season is starting right now. You got to keep looking for those openings. There's a great analogy there with racing as well. There's an opening on the track for a corner, dive in and take it. Otherwise, you'll be left behind. So exactly. (laughs) Great examples for us. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. Would you share a story with me, kind of an aha moment in your career, your career path? It's a time I like to say when the headlights come on and illuminated your way for this new idea or new direction that you had. And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into your success. Well, when I learned that art and design is is like a poker hand, it's right now and it's forever. It speaks for itself. Once the hand is laid out, there is no answer if a client says, no, I mean, it speaks for itself. It, it, it is, let's say it is the right solution. But the hard thing was to find there is no answer for a client saying, I don't like it. I mean, you can't say, oh, yes, you do. 
you know, I mean, it's if they don't like it, they don't like it. I worked for 11, 12 years in an ad agency and uh, had several moments, of course, when you'd sit in front of a client, you worked all week to prepare something, and they just sat back and said, nope. (laughs) That's right. Yes, and uh, where you go from there has a lot to do with the right questions you ask to find out where they want to be, where they want you to be. So, uh, yeah, definitely a poker hand (laughs) is a good way to, to put that. How about proudest career moments? Is there one in particular that stands out for you that you could share with us? Well, a lot of people think of those in terms of, gee, you know, I did something super ethical or, you know, I cured cancer. I didn't have any of those. But in business, you know, you, you always worried about being faced with that ethical problem when it involves big amounts of money. And I can honestly say that I never had a client ask me to do anything unethical. So I escaped that trap of having to prove that I was ethical. But I'm I'm most proud of the people that worked for me who left to become extremely successful. And there was a period when a lot of people don't remember this, but a period when women graduated from college and wound up working as secretaries. I had three spectacular women working for me, one of whom became a regional vice president for a large Fortune 500 company, ultimately, left me and went on. Another one became a vice president for a very large uh, communication company, and another became the president of uh, a development council in a city. I mean, these were really bright people that had almost no chance, but but the times changed. Our firm gave them an opportunity to be exposed to senior people and in corporate life, and they took advantage of that and made something special of their lives. Uh, wonderful story there, and I really love to hear people that own businesses that mentor and help people advance in their careers and eventually feel proud when they go out and do something either on their own or something bigger and better than what you could provide them at the time. It really is a testament to the kind of business owner and person that you are. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? You've had so many cool cars, but what was the first one that was really special to you? And if you could share a special memory you had with that vehicle. Well, the first car I ever had on my own was a, an MGTD. It was while I was in the Navy, and I fell in love with it. It was painted a funny green color, and but it was all I could afford, and I remember drive, driving from Long Beach to San Diego in the rain, when, hearing the top flapping, and then hearing it flap harder and harder, and then hear a tearing sound. And suddenly the top was gone. Oh, my gosh. uh, I never did get a top for that MG, and it didn't last very long anyway, so it didn't make any difference. But I've always had an affinity for T-Series MGs. Oh, yeah. You know, our listeners will hear this story again. The first sports car my father had when I was very young was an MG TC, and I remember many days riding next to him in that car. It was a right-hand drive car. People would look over and go, what's that little kid doing driving the car? (laughs) My dad even had a little spare steering wheel for me. He let me hold in my hands to kind of freak people out. So, uh, yeah, the the T-Series cars have a special place in my life as well. 
Is there a vehicle that you've sold in your past that you really wish you had back in the garage? Well, I sold my Lotus Super 7, mostly because I got hurt in it. And I lost my spousal support for the racing program for a while. (laughs) Yep. And, uh, you know, I don't blame her. She put up with motocross and those injuries and and 27 years of racing and uh and like I said to her, you gotta you gotta die sometime. She says, I don't care if you die. I just don't want to have to take care of a paraplegic. So oh, she was not happy about that crash. So I didn't race for a year, and I I finally sold the car, and, and uh, I sure hated to see it go. It was it was some kind of car. Well, we share something there. I raced a Lotus 18 Formula Junior, and I had a good friend who was nearly killed in his Formula Junior. And I think that was a time when I already had this feeling in my head the car was not very safe. And my wife kind of looked at me after my friend's accident and said, mm, maybe it's time to get into something a little safer. I ended up in a Lola T290. Not sure sure that was safer because it went a heck of a lot faster, but yeah, had a little bodywork around me. So I think that helped a little bit. How about a vehicle that you bought that shortly thereafter you said to yourself, what was I thinking? Oh, gee whiz. You know, I, I hate to say I don't have an answer to something, but... Uh, well, that means you're a lucky guy. <laughs> no, I think I pretty much have been happy with everything I've ever had, uh, at least for a period of time. You know, I, I have a tendency to want to move on to something else you know mm-hmm. and right now i the car that i ran at the uh reincarnated putin bay racers which are a lot of fun by the way uh, a great weekend and i ran an alpha uh gt jr at that and i found out i just don't like closed cars but so i sold it so uh, right now, uh, we'll find out what my next favorite car is. <laughs> I like that. How about current projects? Now, your artwork is so wonderful, and our guests are going to be able to link from your show notes page here at Cars Yeah and go find your website and look at the art you're doing. But is there a project you're working on right now in your art that really has you excited and fired up? Well, I'm I'm working on a commission for a Fiat Auto Vu, which means V8 in Italian. And this is the Ghia body car. And there was only one of them. The other car that I really have always loved, and it wasn't a commission, I did it for myself, was a coffin nose cord. But right now I'm working on that Fiat Auto Vu. Very nice. Very unique rare car, absolutely. Can't wait to see that finished piece. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Bob. I love this question. If you were a car, what kind of car would Bob be? And more importantly, why? Uh, I'd be a Stangolini. Oh. I, th- I think that, you know, Formula Junior Stangolini. I think that was the sexiest damn car. You know, it was just, it was beautiful. It was quick. Of course, it's out of reach now. You know, it's very interesting you select that car because I have a friend I used to race with who had one of those, restored it, and raced it. A beautiful, unique car. What is it about the Stanguilini that says Bob? You know, it's just a gorgeous piece of industrial design. It just touches a string in my 
in my heart. It's just a wonderful car. I used to see one at Pittsburgh when I'd run the Pittsburgh race. You know, the one through Shenley Park. and They get a lot of really wonderful old cars there. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Well, I'll have to send you pictures of my friend's car. He doesn't own it anymore. It's been through a few different hands, but it is a really beautiful vehicle, so I think you'll like that. So, Bob, up next is what I call the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Metrovac has been manufacturing and providing quality automotive vacuums and blowers since 1939. I've used their portable vacuum and blowers for over 15 years in my garage, on my cars, motorcycles, around my home, and you should too. Their Air Force Master Blaster Revolution is my go-to tool every time I wash and detail my vehicles. Powered by two twin-fan 4.0 peak horsepower motors, the Master Blaster delivers up to 58,000 feet per minute of clean, warm, dry, filtered air. Dry your car without a towel and avoid those nagging micro-scratches. Perfect for the wheels, engines, motorcycles, and all those frustrating water traps in trim, door jams, and seals. Check out all of Metrovac's quality products, deliberately made better in the USA. Metrovac is the right choice. Learn more today at metrovac.com. Use discount code CARSYA20 and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right, 20% off. Details at carsyacom slash sponsors. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. All right, Bob, we're back and we're entering the last lap. You're a racer, you know what that means. The white flag is out. It's time to put our foot into the gas pedal, and this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions And I'm going to ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Oh, that's uh, Bertel Roos's advice that says, oh, God, I can't remember that word he used. But it was, the car goes where your eyes go. (laughs) Yes, yes. I can't. Ocular driving or something. I forget what he called it. But... (laughs) And it, his whole thing was that, you know, if you keep your, if you look at the apex, you'll get to the apex. But if you don't, and if you just lock on the apex, when you get there, you won't know what the heck to do. What's next? Uh, so he would say, you know, once you've looked at it, the car will go to it, look for the next one. It's ocular driving, I think you call it. I like it. Very good. Yep. Yep. I like that. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? I think I know what this is going to be. I never give up. And yeah. that's basically it. 
I mean, I just keep swinging. And, uh, you know, sometimes you don't get where you want to go, but at least you know damn well you did the best you gave it the best you could. Yes, that persistence again. Absolutely. They sent me to the right ship. There's no (laughs) question about it. I think they did. Isn't that funny? Would you share a resource with us that you think the Cars Yow listeners would really enjoy? Let me think. Well, it's really dumb. I go to eBay Motors every day. <laughs> yes. And Hemmings. Yep. And bring a trailer. And I don't, that's not very sophisticated, but it, it's window shopping, you know, racecars.com, that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, those are all great resources. And we've actually had the founder of Bring a Trailer on the show. Randy's been a guest on the show here. And so, uh, yep, those are some great resources. How about a book? I know there's a lot of great books out there, but is there one in particular you think the Car Show listeners would enjoy reading? Well, I'm sure you know Bert Levy. <laughs> yes. And I've known Bert uh, forever. Actually, he and I started, you know, vintage stuff about the same time. But, uh, you know, I just, I love Montezuma's Ferrari, but the but the last open road really touched me because I worked in a Sinclair station and I was an Italian kid, you know? <laughs> so I identified with being at Fincio's Sinclair. Yep. And, and I just read the Wright Brothers, which uh, talk about an inspirational book. It was just incredible. Great books. And Bert's been a guest here on Cars yeah, as well. He's one crazy character, but he's written a lot of really, really enjoyable books. Oh, God, he's fabulous. You know, I I was reading Montezuma's Ferrari on an airplane and, and got hysterical laughing. You know, he, <laughs> he, you know, it's just, he's a funny guy. You were that guy in the back of the plane laughing. I wondered who that was. Yeah, that, was me. <laughs> that was you. Well, I'll remind our listeners you can find links to all these great resources at com slash Bob Kolaizzi. And Bob's last name is C-O-L-A-I-Z-Z-I. And there's a great place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books where you can go and find links to Bob's books and all the other guests that have been on the show with real easy clicks to purchase those books. Do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars? Uh, you know, actually, I like sculpture a lot. And I like um, designing Art Deco furniture. Ah, Cool. Very cool. Yeah, I have a picture uh, of you with a very cool table. That's absolutely fantastic. All right, Bob, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the cost because today I'm going to write the check, what would that one vehicle be and why? Well, it would be a 40 Ford Woody because I have loved those forever. And um, uh, my biggest regret, of course, is not buying one when they were when they were reasonable. But I would have a forty Ford Woody. Well, you know, those are wonderful cars. I've had the uh, pleasure of driving one; quite an experience. What is it about that Woody that just pulls on your heartstrings? You know, I have no idea. <laughs> it just it just reminds me, makes me think I could have been a surfer. You know? <laughs> Well, I was a surfer. You don't need a Woody to be a surfer. You just need a surfboard. I'd have to know how to swim a hell of a lot better than I do to be a surfer. Yes, it definitely helps if you know how to swim, if you're going to be a surfer. Absolutely. 
Bob, you have taken me on a great ride today. I knew you would, and I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset to the beach with your surfboard on the top of that 1944 Woody? Well, I just think it's the old bit, driving to the corner till you see God then live. <laughs> there you go. I have heard that somewhere before. Where yeah, have I heard it's that? not original, but I think about it all the time. Oh, yes, I think so. You know, I think that came from a past guest I had on this show. I'm going to have to look that up. But uh, you know what? That's a great quote. I love it, especially being a racer. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and to see some of your artwork? Go to uh, KalaziDesignAllOneWord.com. Awesome. I would encourage our guests, our listeners rather, to check out Bob's website. You can find links to everything on his show notes page here at CarsYad.com. Just put Bob in the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up. Hey, Bob, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences in your life with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks. Had a great time. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.